Welcome, welcome to We Hate Sports Podcast, episode 38, coming at you live this week, recording on a Tuesday. Not on Monday, but a Tuesday. So you guys should be getting this episode on a Thursday this week, right before the start of the new 2021-22 NFL season kicks off, boys. I know you're excited, just as me, defending champions, Tampa Bay Bucks. They will defend their championship this this Thursday against the Dallas Cowboys. And I hope that they win, but that's just me talking. So, let's get into the crew this week, starting with yours truly, a.k.a. the co-host, a.k.a. the editor, a.k.a. the director, producer, and marketer of the We Eat Sports podcast, your boy, PC, doing uh, mothering duties this week for our girl, Hermie, who uh, can make it this week. But join me on the cast. We have my other co-host, TK, no longer Kellerman, because Max left first sake. Well, I was never Kellerman. I was always TKA Smith. But my word for the day is going to be this. If you are in a fantasy league, do not ever be stupid enough to trade Derrick Henry for a rod receiver. I don't care what rod receiver it is. Justin Jefferson, Justin Clefferson, I don't care. Don't be that guy, please. Very, very encouraging words right there, T.K. Kellerman. All right, joining us on the crew this week, we have Gianni, our G-man. Football is around the corner, two days. We're excited for a big season. Hopefully um, less injuries. COVID doesn't, like, mess up the season or anything like that. So let's get it going. All right, then we have Trey. Yep. Trade a goat. My shirts have buttons, but I don't use them. Let's go, baby. <laughs> All right, that's random. <laughs> Next up, we have Sean. After months and months of waiting, we finally have real, meaningful NFL football right around the corner, and I'm very, very hyped for that. Yes, sir. And finally, we have Toluwani Akatunde. I'm on the bus right now, but um, the Ravens just got Bell, and uh, he's we're going to revive his career. So, Ravens are going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, maybe he's making a bad job at doing TikToks. <laughs> oh, my God. And $2 a day. But uh, anyway, that's on the case. Let's, uh, let's not waste any time with the episode this week. If you love what you're hearing from this podcast, make sure you follow all of our social media accounts that is our twitter at whs underscore podcasts and our instagram at whs underscore podcasts you can catch up on all of our episodes on apple podcasts spotify breaker and anywhere else you get your podcasts is uh well i guess expectations from so with all that being said let's jump right into it boys starting with question one this week of our topic. So, Cam Newton, former MVP of the NFL, was in shocking disbelief when he was cut by New England Patriots last week, making him a free agent and doing so making Trey's boy, Mac Jones, the official starter for the New England Patriots week one. What are your thoughts on Mac Jones being cut? Uh, or excuse me, what is your thoughts on Mac Jones being out Cam Newton for a starting job? And what's next for the former MVP? Cam Newton. TK stars off this week. Imagine being 
a veteran, a, a, a MVP, a guy who got to the Super Bowl, and you get beat out by the fifth best quarterback in the first round. I I I I What's really don't best? shut it. I really don't know like where Cam goes from here. Um, the best, well, it's not even the best option, but the only option, I, the only team I can really see him starting is the Houston Texans, and Cam ain't that stupid. He's not going there to ruin his career, so you can just knock that out of the books. Um, as far as every other team, um, teams have their quarterbacks to the future. Teams have their rookies. Teams have, yeah, like I said, teams have their quarterbacks to the future already, so I really don't know where Cam can go where he wants to start, because I'm pretty sure wherever Cam does end up going, he wants to start, or at least have a, a, a chance to start. Um, And I just don't know, man. Cam is, it's, it's just... This is this is just not good for Cam, bro. It's just really not good. Um, what it says about Mac Jones is though is I think that a lot of the haters should really maybe we should pay attention to Mac Jones a little more. Um, this is not no this this isn't an average coach who named him the starter. By the way, this is Bill Belichick, the greatest effing coach of all time that that felt comfortable enough to start this rookie quarterback first game of the season. So um, I'm definitely gonna pay attention to um to to Mac Jones a little more. Um, I feel bad for Cam, though, man. Um, I, I really hope he gets a chance. I don't think it'll be this season. Um, he, if he wants to play for a team this year, he's going to have to accept the backup role because, like I said, teams already have their quarterbacks um, set for the year. Teams already have their quarterbacks set for the future. So I just really don't know where Cam goes from here. Um, he's still pretty youngish, um, young 30s, I, th I think 31, 32, something like that. So I think there will be a, another opportunity out there for him for at least somebody to bring him into training camp and see what he can do. But – I mean, as far as this year, I think Cam should just stay home, um, kind of just observe, just watch, um, see what teams, I guess, could use his presence. I, I, I really don't know, man. Just just stay home, rest up, um, and get the damn vaccine, bro. Like, just get the vaccine because you could, you, could, you could argue that him and this whole COVID situation before the season even started, he's already having all these issues and complications with COVID. You could say that played an effect in it. So... Yeah, man, just stay home, get your COVID shots, um, and just just watch, just 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 observe, just take a year off, bro, because I think that's the best thing that Cam could do right now. All right, all right, interesting take, Gianni. What do you think? Um, for Cam, uh, I think um, the best thing is to be a, accept a backup role somewhere. Uh, there's like two teams that come off my mind really Dallas and Indy I think is the perfect like backup role because the question marks of those quarterbacks like with Dak's shoulder injury and and coming off with that ankle maybe he's not going to be right that like right the way he was supposed to like last year I think that ankle too is going to to give him a little bit of issues at the beginning you know, to get his foot uh, in the ground right. Uh, and plus, it, it, the shoulder injury, I think he's going to play all season um, hurt, too. Um, Adam Schefter um, said that um, like a couple weeks ago that he's going to play with that injury basically all season. So if something happens there, Cam should just sign there, in my opinion. Or an Indy with Wentz. Uh, with that foot injury too, that he broke his foot, 
we don't know if, if there could be a lingering effect at some point in the season that probably take him out for a while. So that will be other situation for him. Um, like TK said, the Houston Texans, he's not going to the Houston Texans at all because that's going to ruin more his career and stuff like that. Um, for Mac Jones, um, he might be better than, than what we what we think, really, because Belichick is giving him the the keys to be the starter. So I think Belichick trusts him enough to be the starter, and, and we'll see how he does. But I think it, I think he's better than what people think. Uh, Sean, what do you think? Um, so I say I think this move is beneficial for both sides. New England gets to start off their franchise the year with their new QB, the QB of their future, hopefully at least. Um, they get to let throw him out there, let him make the mistakes that rookie QBs make. He doesn't need to be a superstar from day one. He can grow, he can learn, and he can learn on the field, which is probably best for him. For Cam, I think he gets to move on from a team that clearly wasn't very invested in him, didn't have a whole lot of faith in him. He gets to move on from that situation after a bad year. And I think his best, the best thing he could do right now is just wait. Not not necessarily till next year, like I think TK said, but wait till another opportunity opens up. Unfortunately, it is likely that some team could end up losing their starting QB for the year due to injury. And that could be Cam's time to sign with that team, become their new starting QB, and go to work. Hopefully it's a good situation, a good team that just lost a veteran QB. Something like that. Something for Cam that he can step in right away, make an impact, and not have to wait a whole year just training and waiting. That's what I think the best outcome is for both of these sides. I want to point out here another possible team that I think a lot of people are sleeping on, but I think given the current circumstances regarding their QB situation, I think Cam would benefit from being there. How about the Bengals? The Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow, and currently with their O-line, nothing's changed there. And last year, Burrow tore his ACL with having that O-line protect him. So just something a dark horse team to look out for. You know, I don't think it's going to happen, but definitely a long shot team. Long shot dark horse team if I've ever seen one. But uh, I'm saving the best for second last. But uh, go ahead, Trey. I know you have a lot to say about your boy. Man, man, man. Mac train is rolling, baby. Dread it. Run from it. Destiny still arrives. And I just want to tell you people this. Cam Newton would probably still have a job in New England if he wanted to be a backup. I'm thinking he told Coach he didn't want to be a backup. That's why they cut him. Because there's no way you keep Brian Hoyer and Jared Stidham over Cam Newton, who's clearly better than both of them, even though he played terrible last year. Just doesn't make any sense. So I'm thinking he asked to leave the team. And another thing, Cam Newton is a 12-year veteran in the NFL. And Mac Jones comes in, only been in the league for three months, and he's teaching this man the playbook. Mind you, three months versus a year and three months in the Patriots. Trey, that was not a real report. It was. Stop hating. Anyways. Yeah, supposedly it came from a player. 
for Cam Newton. I, I, from where I saw, he got exposed for lying on Instagram. I didn't see that. But for Cam Newton, I mean, possibilities. Everyone would think that he would go to Texans because they need help. But uh, for me, I think that team that could use Cam Newton, uh, like Gianni said, the Colts, uh, if Carson Wentz somehow manages to get hurt again, not unlikely with him, sadly. Uh, second team would be the Falcons. Who knows, man? Matt, which called Matt Ryan, he's almost out of there. I mean, Falcons could use someone pretty soon. He would have Pitts and Ridley to throw to, and we all know Cam Newton loves his tight ends. But Mac Jones, what does this say about Mac Jones? I mean, same thing I tell you guys all the time. Mac is a good quarterback. He's going to be good. That was his time to go out there and prove to not only y'all, but to the team he could play. I already know he could play. I've seen enough from him. Bill Belichick also seen enough from him, too. So I'm excited for this year. It's going to be great, man. Mac Train is rolling, baby. It's a good thing I catch him doing the full, you know, Trey thing. Uh, told- 41 touchdowns, four interceptions, 77% completion. 4,500 yards. Oh, man. Led every record in college last year, pretty much. But carry on. Anyways, but Cam Newton's definitely should accept a backup. But if an opportunity comes, then he should be, then he should take it. Um, obviously, y'all saying he's not going to the Texans. But um, I, PC said it. Like, I think the Bengals are a dark horse team. But I think what well, I'm just going to say what Sean said. He should just wait because I'm not with an injury, but somebody should um, – somebody starting quarterback might get injured too. Um, like, for example, maybe Daniel Jones gets injured and then Cam goes to the Giants or something. So, yeah, he should just wait it out. That was a lovely – He sounded like he was about to cry. From the bus. Lovely before There are not 32 quarterbacks better than Cam Newton. All I'm going to say. Yeah, there might be, but that's another Eight comment. touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Get him out of here. I do think that Cam will benefit from maybe taking a year off from the NFL, figure out what he needs to do to not only improve himself, but go to a situation that benefits him. Because let's be honest, the years of Cam Newton being a star in the NFL, I think that that version of Cam Newton is over. So maybe it's time to Cam for Cam to finally accept that. Maybe we'll see that in the near future. But regardless, moving on into the next. <laughs> so Las Vegas betting books predict that this year's Super Bowl will be a rematch between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Do you think Vegas odds are correct, or do you see the Super Bowl being played between different opponents? CK, what do you think? It's, it's really tough to answer this question because if you're basing if you're basing the season off of last year, then of course you're going to say that the Chiefs got better. They got an offensive line. They got protection for Patrick Mahomes. I mean, you do that. Good luck to everybody in the NFL. And then you got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who bought everybody back. I mean, literally, literally every single. They bought every single person back. 
Um, they got an underrated. I think they 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 got an underrated signing. Um, I can't remember the running back's name that they got from uh Cincinnati. Somebody somebody say the name. It wasn't Mason. Giovanni it was Bernard. Bernard. Yeah. Uh, if you watch Giovanni Bernard, um, he's a pretty good backup. Um, when uh Mixon went down, he he came in and he he he's a he's a running back that's capable of getting you 100 rushing yards a game. So I think when you look at it from that uh, perspective, the you could easily say the Buccaneers got better too, um, as well as did the Chiefs. But if you're basing it off what you saw from the preseason, um, I mean, it's tough for grabs, bro. I saw a lot of good teams in the preseason, bro. I think it really, like I said, I think it really depends on what on which way you're looking at it from. Me personally, I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to repeat. Um, will they win? I don't know. That's a different conversation. I don't know, man. Something about the AFC this year, bro. And maybe Trey can back me up on this being a a, 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 a fan of a team in the AFC. The AFC just looks different this year, bro. Like there are, I can think of five teams right now off the top of my head that I could say could beat the Chiefs in a one game, one game, just one game, which is all it takes in the playoffs. And um, like I said, I, I can think of five or six teams that could I, I could see knocking off the Chiefs in one single playoff game. So um I don't think that the Chiefs are going to repeat. Um, I still think Patrick Mahomes is the greatest quarterback of all time and everything. Oh, not the greatest quarterback of all time, but he's the great. He's the best quarterback that we have in the NFL right now. Um, but I think when you look at it from the perspective of there are better teams in the AFC than the Kansas City Chiefs, I think you have to look at it from that perspective. And um, man, I don't know, bro. When I think of the two Super Bowls that I saw Patrick Mahomes in, he uh, he just looked normal, bro. He just did not look good. First Super Bowl, two touchdowns, three interceptions. Um, I believe he was Jimmy G could throw, they would have lost. Exactly. Second Super. I mean, he just literally first Super Bowl. If Jimmy G makes that throw, we're having a completely different conversation. Patrick Mahomes is not a Super Bowl champion at all. He's 0-2 in the Super Bowl. Um, and then the Super Bowl last year, we all saw it. So I don't even need to really get into that. It was just Madness is what he got. Madness. Madness. It was embarrassing. Um, but me being a Broncos fan, I loved it. But um, so yeah, so I think when you look at it from that point, when you look at it from that perspective, I do think that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the best team in the NFC. But I can't fully say that I agree that the Kansas City Chiefs are the best team in the AFC. So I think when you look at it from that point of view, um, I'm gonna say that it's gonna be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers first, maybe the Chiefs, maybe a Bills. Um, the Colts can stay healthy and Carson Wentz plays the way that me and PC believe he can play. Um, Colts are going to be in that mix. Um, you got to put the Patriots in there. Like I said, Matt, uh, uh, Bill Belichick sees something in Mac Jones that we have not seen. Bill Belichick didn't even start pay, uh, Tom Brady in uh, his first game, his rookie season. So we need, really need to pay attention. So I think like there are a couple of teams that can knock off the Chiefs. So when I look at it from that way, I'm going to say um, no. It's not going to be a repeat of the Super Bowl next year. Vegas got it wrong. Um, I think they're 50% right because I do think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to be back. Um, but AFC is different, bro. It's, 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 a, it's a different time. And Patrick Mahomes is really going to have to earn it if he wants to get to the Super Bowl this year. It's not going to be as easy as it was the past couple of years. All right. All right. Some fair points were made there. Gianni, what do you think? Um, this is going to surprise all of you. I think both of these teams, I had it in my prediction in Twitter that we're going to get to the Super Bowl, but both of these teams are not going to get back to the Super Bowl. I think it's going to be the Browns in the Super Bowl, and I think it's going to be the Green Bay Packers in the Super Bowl. 
this is a surprise because I feel like teams mm-hmm. got better, like yeah. how TK said. I'll take some player. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. But look, I see like how TK said. The one team he did mention was the Cleveland Browns that was right there to beat the Chiefs last season. The problem with the Browns was their defense was awful. Their defense was awful. I think they gave up in the regular season like 26 points per game. And they somehow got to the second round of the playoffs. Uh, they improved that that defense. And they have all the year where they have like an actual offseason. Other um, for year two of Stepanski. Um, I think that, that offense might be as good or maybe better than last season because they have an actual offseason to work with. Um, their defense is very improved. And to be honest, in the NFC, everybody's saying the Bucks are going to run away with it. I know they brought everyone back, but something always go, goes wrong. Like, you know, for, like, teams trying to repeat, look at the Chiefs last year. The Chiefs, everybody was saying they were going to run away with, with the Super Bowl. But then look at what happened to their offensive line. It got banged up, and then Tampa somehow just beat them I don't know, like, beat them to the bricks down. Uh, but I think this is going to be the Packers here in the Super Bowl. I think they're going to win it all. Uh, because I feel like Rodgers, um, with the failures he had, like, in the past years, I think they're going to, to – he's going to squeak out one more Super Bowl win. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Tolu is over here laughing, so I guess he'll go next because you sound like you have a lot to say in response. Gianni, Gianni, how are the Browns making it to the Super Bowl when they're not even the best team in their own division? Uh, did you seem forget there's a team, I don't know, the Baltimore Ravens that whooped them twice last year, you know? <laughs> yeah. So how are they going to make it to the Super Bowl if they're not even the best team in their division? That's number one. But- Okay, I don't know because the Ravens. To me, I don't think the Ravens are like like a heavy favorite that they're going to run away with the division. It's going to be a tight division race. Okay, um, Lamar has beaten them three times. Three times, Lamar is four and one against the Browns. Four and one. So you're saying that's his overall playoff? How could they can't even beat? They can't. They're not even the best team in their own division. How are they going to make it to the Super Bowl? How? If y'all the best team in the division, y'all haven't made it to the Super Bowl either. So y'all what do you mean? Okay. Haven't even made it are, to the AFC Championship. Hang on, hold on. The Browns were the Browns are. so on. close to the AFC Championship game. Okay. Let's, okay. Let's so hold on, Tolu. Just hear us out for one second. The Browns <sighs> were literally a third down away from making the AFC Championship game. Okay. True. That is true because it's in a battle all the way up until the fourth quarter of that divisional game. And that was their first, well, I should say second playoff game back in what, since the 90s? Back in like, like 20 years. Over 20 years. Their second playoff game back, and they were third down away from making it back to the AFC championship game. That's impressive. Was Mahomes playing? 
What's the what's Mahomes playing? For he most of the Mahomes game, Mahomes yeah. For most of that, he was playing for most of the game. And they were most of the game. When you look at what the Ravens have done, Lamar has had success in the playoffs. Okay, but he's also had hiccups as well. Also lost. Okay, that's true. More hiccups than success. And there's, like Trey said, a lot more hiccups than success. So I don't think it's too far fetched to think that just because okay. Lamar, the Browns made the playoffs for the first time since 2006. Since the Browns, the first time since 2006, they'll have that they'll win the division, that they'll have more playoff success. Both these teams could very well get into the playoffs. I think we're both hey. sort of like counting that part out. Both teams could very well make the playoffs. If I had to pick. Who would have a better run, considering if we're going based off of just last season, I would pick Cleveland. <laughs> okay, so, okay, fine. Yeah, they can have a better run. But have they beaten the Ravens yet? Have they beaten the Ravens? It won't matter. If they, they can get to the playoffs be without teams, beating y'all. Exactly. They, they'll probably have to face us in the You're playoffs. And have they had success against us? No, they haven't. Oh. It's hard to beat a team three times in a row. You see the Bucks in the Saints. We literally swept them last year. Swept them on national that's, television. That's twice. I said three swept times them. in a row. I said three times in a row. That's in only a two row? times. Okay, we're definitely gonna lose one this year. But you act, you act like the, they can't. You they can't beat the Super Bowl if they're not the best team in their own division. Y'all haven't made it to the Super Bowl, said. and y'all are the best team in the division. So your point is invalid. Because we face tougher teams. What are you talking about? What are they, you talking about? What do you mean? They this played the, the Chiefs Last year first. Y'all are 0-4 against time the Chiefs. The first playoffs since 2006. Their first time in the playoffs And they look better than the Ravens have in every playoff no, they they've been not. in since they Lamar's taken over. They played a backup quarterback for the most of the game. Okay? No, they didn't. They played, they played Mahomes yes, for most did. of the game. Yes. No, Mahomes got injured. Like what? In the second in the second, second half, second quarter? They played a backup. In the fourth quarter, he got hurt. Exactly. Thank you, G. Totally. Just answer, answer the question. Just answer the question, Tolu. Can we answer the question and move on, Tolu, please? Yeah, we we okay, on off track here. I want to hear your answer on who you think will make it to the Super Bowl. I could see the Buccaneers making it back, definitely. But uh, the Chiefs, like TK said, they have real competition. So, uh, like uh, Patriots, the Browns, Ravens, and all those teams. So I, I, they can defeat the Chiefs. So I could definitely see the Bucks making it because they brought everyone back. But the Chiefs, they're going to have a tougher road. So that's my answer. All right. Sweet. Uh, Sean, what's your take? Uh, I could be wrong, but I feel like Super Bowl matchups back-to-back are pretty rare in the history of the NFL. So just with that, the fact that there's both there's teams in both conferences that are going to be really, really tough, I if I have to guess, I'm going to take the field and say there isn't a rematch. And if I'm going to make a prediction on a one that isn't a rematch, I'm going to go Chiefs-Packers, Mahomes versus Rodgers, which was very possible last year. The Packers were this close to beating Tampa. They came up short. I think this year they get revenge, make the Super Bowl, and probably lose to the Chiefs. I think with the Chiefs' upgrades on the offensive line, 
they will win the Super Bowl this year. All right, all right. Uh, let's bring it to Trey. Well, Vegas, Vegas, Vegas. I don't see the Super Bowl being repeated either. If anything, Bucks have a great chance to make it. I have no faith in Aaron Rodgers or the Packers. Go 13-3 and two years in a row, make the NFC Championship game, and you lose both times. Rodgers is a choker. Aaron Rodgers is what he does. Anyways, I can see, I don't see the um, Chiefs making it back either. To be honest with you, uh, like TK said, the AFC, much improvements on like pretty much almost every team. The defensives had gotten better. Pats, Broncos, even the Raiders defense has gotten better. Browns defense has definitely gotten better. So, I mean, it's going to be, it's not going to be like the same runaway that we always see. It's going to be some, they're going to have to grind for that win if they want to come out. Uh, AFC this year, but honestly, I probably I see that the Bucks maybe, and for the AFC, I'm rolling with my Patriots. It's the only option. Mac Jones time, baby. The train is rolling, and I'm punching tickets. Well, that's a real nice take to end the question on. Um, Thank you. I'll I'll say this, um, and then we can move on. For it, the NFL to be a year-by-year league, I think we can call the NFL that. Um, we have not seen many back-to-back Super Bowl matchups before. We haven't seen any domination for any team, really, since the Patriots, which was only uh, a couple of years ago. You know, but that era, I think, is coming to a close. And... Who knows? We may very well see that Super Bowl rematch that we all think that we're going to see. And honestly, I won't be opposed to it. Um, But I think with it being a year-by-year league, teams now have not only footage or... um, Not footage. Film. There we go. Teams have film on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But I think now with the Chiefs, with them having an offensive line, they're going to be a lot more dangerous than they were last year. So it's all very unpredictable. But there are a lot of teams that I can see, you know, putting, you know, the Chiefs and the Bucks money where their mouth is, including the Bills, including the Packers. So we'll have to wait and see. So let's transition a little bit. I want to talk about Mac Jones or the Patriots, Shay. No, 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 no. We're going to move on. Is anything Patriots related? I'm moving on. It's not Patriots related. I just wanted to throw out Aaron Rodgers, 0-42, when trailing by a point in the fourth quarter in every game. Fraud. He can't be trusted. He'll choke. He'll do his usual dirt. That's all I want to say. With it being the last dance, I don't think Rodgers chokes this year. Hell, you can't even admit Rodgers didn't choke last year. He did. I don't know. Agree or disagree. But moving on, let's uh, transition out of this NFL heavy week. Uh, let's talk a little bit of fantasy NBA with this third topic. So, who do you guys having? Who do you guys have winning in a one-on-one basketball game? Michael Jordan or Allen Iverson? 
This is an interesting one, TK. You make the questions, uh, so I want to hear your take on it. Michael Jordan could not hold Allen Iverson's jock strap in a one-on-one, -on -one, bro. I don't care about the defense. I don't care about none of that, bro. Let me let me take you guys back to 1996, right? Allen Iverson's first game, he had been calling out Michael Jordan, right? He wanted Michael Jordan as a rookie. PC Kellerman, stop looking at me with that face, okay? Stop. So, like I was saying, the fact that let me actually, you know what? I'm gonna take it to this, all right? In honor of Max Kellerman retiring, bro, I will never forget one quote that stuck with me that Max Kellerman said. Michael Jordan was the greatest basketball player of all time because Allen Iverson was not 6'6". So let that sink in, all right? The handles, the fact that this man made it to a championship with a no, 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 no second player, bro. No second elite player that was putting up more than 13 points a game, bro. Do you remember the crossover? The crossover on Ty Lue? Like, bro, there is just so many things that I could just think of Allen Iverson. And I'm telling you right now, bro, he would have Michael Jordan on his, excuse my language, on his ass with the moves that this man would put on Michael Jordan on the basketball court at the park in a one-on-one -on -one match. Michael Jordan cannot, there's no NBA rules, there's no fouls, there's none of that, bro. He is not stopping Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson is too quick, bro. He's too nasty with the handles, can shoot from anywhere. I, PC, I don't know why you're looking at me like this, bro. This is not NBA rules. This is on the court, at the park, in the hood, bro. One-on-one, -on -one, I'm taking Allen Iverson every day. I will put $100 on that game. Allen Iverson is winning that game 21 17. There you go. I even gave you a score, PC Kellerman. PC, I would like to go next. <laughs> I have oh, a lot. Brother. Oh, brother. I have to say, Sean, but uh, I'll, I'll save my take for last. You go ahead, bro. TK, I just have one thing to say to you. Stay off the weed. I don't know what drugs TK is on right now. Hopefully He's smoking he gets right some now. help a little bit later. Mm -hmm. Right now, we got to finish up this podcast. But after this, go get some help. There's not a single possession Allen Iverson is stopping Michael Jordan. I'm sorry. He's scoring in the post every single play down. And Allen Iverson is going to get his, too. Don't get me wrong. He's going to be scoring on MJ. He's going to be getting his points, too. But once here and there, MJ will be able to get a stop. He'll be able to block a shot, maybe rip the ball. Michael Jordan or Allen Iverson is scoring every single possession. He is not missing a shot. He's taking him to the paint and bodying him every single play. Maybe if Allen Iverson was six foot six, he was saying a chance. But as of right now, we can't change reality. And Allen Iverson is six foot. He cannot guard Michael Jordan in the post. I'm sorry. This shouldn't even yeah, be Sean. a discussion. The answer is can't very easily reality. Michael Jordan, the greatest player of all time. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. LeBron James. I'll get them. You said Brian Scalabrini? Let me stop. <laughs> so, Lou. I didn't know LeBron's retired. We, we, nobody talked about LeBron. We are not talking about LeBron. We are talking about Michael Jordan or Allen Everson. Who are you taking in a one on one? Trust me, we did not say a single word about LeBron James. It's like the Spidey senses with that man. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. That's why I'm stopping it right here and right now. 
I just want you to answer the question. Nobody's talking about number number six, okay? Just answer the question, Solo. TK, you're smoking weed because Allen Iverson was great, but he cannot play defense to save his life. And Jordan will eat that man up in the post. He doesn't even need to shoot fadeaways. He can just back him down because he's bigger and stronger. So Jordan is easily winning. Thank you for that, Solu. Uh, Trey, go ahead. TK, bro, you mentioned street rules. That's cool, though. Now, you know Michael Jordan's defensive background, so if there is no no rules, he could just ragdoll Iverson if he wanted to. Like, think about it. 6-6 six, six against 6-1, if that. He's scoring on Allen Iverson every play, like Sean said. Jumping from the free throw line, one arm up, legs out, tongue out, getting yammed on. In all seriousness, like, Allen Iverson, he's real great on offense. He'd probably have to work for his points a couple of possessions because we know about Michael Jordan. But he wouldn't disrespect Michael Jordan like you were saying, man. He wouldn't do him dirty. Like, for you to even think that was funny. Michael Jordan has that, right? Sorry. All right, saying Gianni, finish us up. Yeah, Michael Jordan is going to to wipe the floor, in my opinion, um, with him. I don't know what TK was thinking, but it's going to be Jordan all the way. I will say this, and then we can move on to the next second. TK Kellerman, I want you to know that you are one nasty, nasty, nasty man. You want to know why? You know very good and darn well. Al Iverson is my favorite player of all time. My favorite basketball player of all time. I have AI bobbleheads in my house. I had an AI jersey growing up as a kid. Al Iverson is my favorite. So the fact that you made this question and you thought that I was going to come on here and lie to all of our loyal WHS listeners that Allen Iverson, six-foot Allen Iverson, is being arguably the greatest basketball player of all time. In their primes, I'm assuming. In street ball, in the game of 21, TK, I really want what you're smoking right now because that must be some really good gas, my brother. <laughs> I mean... The, the 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 fact that you the fact that you really thought that this would slide, I mean, I feel like this is just some way to really push your anti Michael Jordan agenda or something. Like there there has to be some deeper reasoning as to why you even asked this question to all of us. That you even came up with this question in your head for all of us. Michael Jordan is arguably the greatest basketball player of all time. And the fact that you wanted Allen Iverson, my favorite basketball player of all time, but six foot Allen Iverson, you think that he can beat Michael Jordan in the game of 21? That's just wrong. That is just wrong. Very much wrong. And no, oh, that, that quote that Max Kellerman said about Allen Iverson, if he wasn't six foot, he'd be the greatest basketball player of all time. He may very well be right on that take, but that is a what if situation. So it's kind of irrelevant to the question. But regardless, um, <laughs> that's how I feel, Lawrence. Uh, 
that's your dose of NBA this week. Um, so let's jump back into the NFL because, as we will keep mentioning, football's back officially this Thursday between the Tampa Bay Bucks and Dallas Cowboys. So we have an NFL guide prepared for you, a series of questions for this upcoming season in the NFL. So, boys, uh, I'm going to go one by one. Just need lightning quick answers here. No need to really get into depth because we really have a lot of uh, questions getting to. So the first question I want to ask for everybody, what team has the best chance of winning the Super Bowl this year, truly, in your opinion? CK, popcorn. Temple Bay Buccaneers, like I said earlier in the podcast, they brought everybody back. They improved. Uh, Tom Brady is still that dude. I mean, what more do you need to say? Johnny? Um, the Chiefs, because they upgraded their offensive line. I think that that was the biggest uh, weakness. Um, so I, I say the Chiefs. Okay. Trey? Honestly, it's the Bucks. Real quick, I just want to touch on uh, Bruce Arians has said that Antonio Brown looks like he did in 2014, 2015 with the Steelers. Now, Tom Brady, he didn't even play for even half the year. And Tom Brady still gave him like 83 targets and he caught like half of them. So, I mean, imagine AB with a full season and he was doing that behind Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. That's a scary sight. And then O.J. Howard and Gronk. Sadly, it's the Bucks, but Mac Train is rolling. All sarcasts and the whole lot to think about, especially for the opposing teams with Bucks this year. Tolu? The Buccaneers have a better chance of repeating. Okay, and Sean? As I said earlier, I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs things to their completely remodeled offensive line that will give Patrick Mahomes a lot more time in the pocket. Whole lot majority going for the Chiefs, which honestly is the most logical answer. I totally understand. So, we'll lead to the next question. Which player do you guys have winning MVP for this upcoming season? Tolu, I'll start with you. Lamar Jackson is going to repeat as MVP this year. Yep, I said it. My man's got a full off season. He's got what he's got a little bit of weapons. We just re-signed Mark Andrews. Rashad Bateman's coming back. Hollywood Brown's gonna take a huge step. James Prochet is taking a huge step. Lamar's gonna repeat as MVP this year. How can he repeat and he didn't win it last season? I mean win another one. You know what I mean? I didn't, but whatever. You're giving a two-time MVP. We got the gist. Trey is just being a troll. Trey, I'll go to you now. MVP? Uh, honestly, I think that Tom Brady will win the MVP this year. Pains me to say it. Tom Brady. As long as it's not Josh Allen, the NFL did something right. If Brady does that, he would be the oldest MVP in NFL history. And, well, if there's anybody that can do it, it's number 12, so... I'll give you that. Especially with that team. For sure, for sure. CK, who's your MVP? It's going to be Aaron Rodgers. Um, <clears throat> like you said, it's going to be the last dance. Aaron Rodgers is going to go out with a bang. Uh, 
I think they'll be. I think we're going to get the rematch of the Buccaneers and the Green Bay Packers in the NFC Championship. But let's see if Aaron Rodgers can finally get over that hump and get in the Super Bowl. I mean, it will be a great way to go out. So, um, I think yeah, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to repeat. Totally, that's what a repeat is. I think Aaron Rodgers will repeat and be the two-time MVP in a row. Rodgers. Thank you for that. Sean, who's your MVP? I'm going to go with the guy who was second place last year and throughout the season had a pretty good argument for winning it. It kind of fell off a little bit at the end. Aaron Rodgers took off. That was his to win. I think this year is Patrick Mahomes' year. He's going to win MVP and Super Bowl MVP. That would be the perfect response to, especially what happened after last season. All right, and Gianni? Uh, I'm going to go with a surprise pick on Josh Allen. I'm going to go with for MVP. Uh, I think his numbers are going to be great enough for the MVP. And I think they're going to get like a, like the third seed in the AFC, so that should be enough. I can totally see Gianni almost threw up. I can totally see it, regardless on if Trey hates the Bills or not. Bills are a very good football team. Josh Allen's been progressing, is currently a top 10 quarterback in this league. If I had to pick someone, though, however, I think it will be Patrick Mahomes on the ultimate prediction for this episode. So, with all that in let's jump into the next question. So, who is your most under-the-radar team? The team that you think will turn a lot of heads this upcoming season. TK, who do you think? Broncos. I mean, that's that's really an easy one. Um, Everybody's acknowledging my defense. Everybody's acknowledging the defense. Everybody says, oh, you got Judy, you got this, you got that. But nobody's really accepting, you know, that we actually have a quarterback who has been a solid starter um, in the NFL. And I just think that with Teddy Bridgewater, with these weapons, I just don't see how a uh, quarterback of his caliber can mess this up. So I think the Broncos are going to surprise a lot of people this year. And that's not me being biased. I can honestly say that. Fair enough. Trey? Yeah, sadly, I agree with Cuba. Uh, everybody's sleeping on the Broncos, to be honest. I mean, let's be real. They haven't had the best of luck. And a lot of their players getting caught up with the law, Bradley Chubb, just, you know, his situation. But Broncos are that one team that if you sleep on them, they can strike on you. So just keep an eye out for them. They are the dark horse team in the AFC West for sure. Okay. Unfortunately, TK's Broncos are the most slept on. I don't know why I just said that, but. Teddy Bridgewater, I've always loved Teddy Bridgewater. They got weapons. They got one of the best secondaries in the NFL, number two, right behind my Baltimore Ravens. But that's another discussion for another day. But, yeah, um, the Broncos are the most slept on. Okay. Um, the most under-radar team, I'm not going to say the most slept team, but I'm going to say the Dolphins, in my opinion. Uh, I think the Dolphins, with like an actual offseason for Tua, and two is going to start right away. I think it's going to help them a lot. Um, their defense is really good. Um, they have a good coach, and I, I think they can sneak into wild card, and they could ruin one a team season come playoff time. So I'm going to go with the Dolphins. Okay, 
in Sean. Definitely not the Broncos. Nobody's afraid of Teddy Bridgewater. They're not being slept on. They're not under their radar. They're not being Giants fans by said that, by the way. A Giants fan said that, by the Anyways, way. my answer, I was considering the Dolphins. I do like that choice by Gianni, but I'm going to go with the San Francisco 49ers. They had a very down year last year after a load of injuries, their entire defense, basically. They're going to come back this year. Jimmy G slash Trey Lance. Really, whoever they have a QB, I'm confident in, can win games with this defense, these weapons. Kyle Shanahan as head coach, I'm confident in the 49ers. And I think they have a good chance of making the playoffs next year, despite a lot of people sleeping on them. I'm surprised nobody mentioned the Panthers. Good, very well finished. Nobody cares about the Panthers. They have Sam Darnold, I'm sorry. Right, still, still a very solid team if you think about it, especially on offense. With Matt Rule leading that team as head coach, Joe Brady as offense coordinator, at the very least, that offense is going to be very explosive. As they long as do better than the Saints for sure. As long as Sam Darnold doesn't make the mistakes that he made in New York, which I don't think was a lot, I don't think he was as bad as people think he was in New York because Adam Gates was the problem there and. You know, Darno took most of the blame, and because of that, he's in Carolina right now. Makes sense. Going to prove a lot of people wrong. I'm not saying I'm not saying he's going to have an all amazing type season, but I'm saying he's going to silence a lot of doubters with Carolina because he has a solid offense around him. He has the best running back in the league in his backfield, along with a solid backup running back. He has two solid wide receivers in DJ Moore and Chris Samuel. All I'm saying. Samuels in Washington. You mean Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson, excuse me. Robbie Anderson. But you, you, you get my point. You get my point. You know, I just I just want to say division two, especially in that division where we all know the Bucks are running away with it. Panthers could sneak in, finish second, sneak into the wild card. Sam Darnold, first week in camp with the Panthers, twelve interceptions. Let that sink in. Twelve interceptions is egregious. Against their defense, which is absolute butt. We'll have to see, because practice and regular season and preseason are all different. That's all I'm going to say. Let's get into that. Darnold is forever bad. Let's get into that next question. Uh, yeah, y'all are talking like they're overrated. Which Raisley leads me into my next question. Who do you think is the most overrated team for this upcoming season? Uh, TK? Throw it to you first. This is actually a really good question. I should have thought about this. But um, I guess if I have to pick one, I, I guess I'm going to say the 49ers probably. Like, I don't understand. Like, I don't know what Sean's been hearing, but I've been hearing that the 49ers are going to be one of the best teams in the NFL this year, be, barring because they're going to have guys coming back from injuries. Um, I think the lowest I've heard anybody say they lose is like 11 games. So, um, and I just... No, I just I just think the NFC is also a division that's gotten a little tougher. Um and, and the division that they're in, the West, I believe, I believe it's the what is it? The Rams, Seahawks, Rams, and Seahawks, Cardinals. Yeah, that's a pretty tough that's a pretty tough division to be in. So I'm not sure why Gianni is so high on them. I'm not as high on the 49ers as Gianni is. Um they drafted a they drafted a rookie quarterback third who they thought could beat out Jimmy G and he didn't. So um to say something about two, by the way. Yeah, so this is I yeah, no, I I don't I don't understand it. I'm not big on the 49ers at all. So I would think that's one of the teams that I think is gonna have a, a step back this year. 
team that constantly deals with injuries year by year. So that's a valid point. Valid team. Gianni, who's your most overrated team this year? The most overrated team this year, I'm going to say the Rams. Um, because the Rams are getting too hyped with Stafford. And Stafford, to me, um, has a very bad record against teams over 500. Um, they have injuries in the backfield. They lost, like, two running backs for the season. Um, I don't know. I, I, I feel like that could could fall apart. Their schedule is not that easy, and that division is not that easy. Because um, they have the Seahawks, Cardinals, and and the, the Niners, too. So, I, I think it's the Rams, the most overrated team. Okay, all right. Uh, Trey. Yeah, I also agree with G. Rams is most overrated team. Matt Stafford is like 42 in win percentage among all starting QBs. That's including Ryan Kirk Cousins, Baker Mayfield, all those other guys. He's not that good as y'all are hyping him up to be, even with this better team now. And also, another overrated team I was thinking pros, probably the Colts. Like, their QB situation... Carson Wentz is Carson Wentz. If he can stay off the medical tent and on the field, then maybe he'll prove me wrong. But until then, Rams and Colts, the most overrated teams to me right now. Okay, okay. Told you. The Cleveland Browns are the most overrated team in the NFL. I don't care what nobody says. I'm not saying taking it. People really saying that a team that has made the, the first time they've been in the playoffs since 2006, all of a sudden win one playoff game against the overrated Steelers, all of a sudden they're a Super Bowl contender. That doesn't make any sense to me at all. They say, okay, they improved their defense and all that. Okay, a team could go, look good on paper, okay? But the team actually has to play a game for I don't, and it still makes me upset how Gianni has them making it to the Super Bowl without them playing a single game yet. They haven't made the playoffs. This is the first time they've played meaningful football since 2006. And all of a sudden, they're Super Bowl contenders. They are, by far, to me, the most overrated team. Well, to be fair, to Gianni's point, no NFL team has played the official regular season game yet. Um, okay, and all of a sudden, the Browns are Super Bowl contenders? I mean, According I, to Gianni? Your points are, your points are valid, too. But we all know how the Browns went out last year. Their first, playoff, their first playoffs back in over 20 years. And they took the Chiefs to the limit. He, he's just okay. salty that nobody's picking his beloved Ravens. That's clearly No, I'm, I'm not salty. I'm just saying they're, they're over. If you weren't salty, you wouldn't keep bringing it up. No, because they're yeah. because he said they're Super Bowl contenders when they've been to the playoffs once for the first uh, he, time in 20 yeah. years. It was a prediction. He didn't call them contenders. It was just a prediction. His prediction stinks. Because it wasn't the Ravens? Yeah, no, because it stinks. Because it wasn't the Ravens. Yeah. No, it just stinks. Okay, go on. Like the upper lip. Now... <laughs> Oh, you lucky I'm in a gym right now. Because, um, oh. Anyways, go on. Uh, Sean, Sean. Overrated team. Who you got? Um, first of all, QB wins is not a valid stat, especially when you're the quarterback of the Detroit Lions. Second of all, total stop hating. The Browns are a very good team with a very good roster. 
Third of all, Yawn. for the most overrated team in the NFL, I'm probably going to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think the defense regresses. I think the offense continues to struggle, even with Najee Harris. I don't trust the offensive line. I don't trust Big Ben. I think the secondary could take a step back with a harder schedule. They lost Brent Dupree. Mike Tomlin is a good coach. I don't know if he's an elite coach. I think the Steelers are getting overrated. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I don't even know if they have an above 500 record. But as Trey said, I would also throw the Colts in there. Well, regardless, let's move into the next question. So I want to talk about the rookies of the league this year. So which rookie head coach will shine the most this upcoming season? Johnny, I'm going to throw it to you first. This is an interesting question. The Chargers, who's the new Chargers um, head coach? Um, Brandon Staley. Yeah, I mean, yeah Brandon Staley, Staley is going, from the Rams. Yeah, Brandon Staley, I think, is going to be uh, – I have him as my choice. I think the Chargers are going to be really good um, this season. I think they're going to be a wild card team. And from out of all the rookie head coaches, I think he has the best job. Okay, that's valid. Trey? Yeah, same here. Brandon Staley, because they already got a good offense over there. Um, Los Angeles Chargers, their defense is all right. They faced a lot of injuries last year, which is why they look so bad. But I'm going to give it to the Chargers and Brandon Staley. All right, CK? Yeah, <clears throat> this one was pretty easy. Uh, I'm going to agree with uh, uh, Trey and Gianni. Um, I don't really... I don't. I also didn't really know about too many rookie coaches this year besides the uh, Chargers coach. So that was the easiest answer for me. Robert Saylor. And, and and also he's just stepping. He's just stepping in a really good situation. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna enter a new coaching job, you want to start with a one year quarterback like Justin Herbert. I don't think you can ask for a better situation. So I think from that point of view, I think you step in. I mean, stepping in and taking over is going to be pretty easy. That's a valid choice. Chargers are a team that I think were a good head coach away from being a playoff team last year. Had not been for win. So, uh, Sean, who would you pick? Uh, I wish I could pick someone else just for the sake of being different, but I really don't think there's any other good option. I think the answer is clearly Brandon Staley. He was called the defensive Sean McVay, I think. He's going to do a great job with the Chargers, really going to improve their defense just from coaching alone. And all the other rookie head coaches, I think, are on rebuilding teams that are probably not going to be very good this year. So I think the easy answer is going to be Brandon Staley with the Chargers, who will be competing for a wild card spot possibly. And I also could very well see Brandon Staley winning, if not coming close to being coach of the year. Oof, that was bold. As bold. You believe in the Chargers that much? I believe in them to win about nine-ish games, yeah. And I think that's all he's going to need. Okay. All right. And Solu, who do you have? I agree with Sean. I think the, Char- I think the Chargers are going to be decent. I, I like Justin Herbert. But, uh, yeah, they got weapons. They got a decent defense. I think the Chargers might fight for a wild card spot, like John said. Well, when I posed this question, I didn't know if I would pick the same answer. Um, you know, while I, I did say which rookie head coach will shine the most, that doesn't mean 
why I think they will have their team go to the playoffs this year. I just said who will shine the most, who will show the most potential. If we're basing it off of that, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to choose Robert Sullivan, new head coach of the New York Jets. I really like Robert Sullivan's energy. Um, he, you know, a lot of, like, a lot of experience being the best coordinator for the 49ers for so many years, you know, shut down the Packers in the AFC Championship game not too much, uh, not too long ago. You know, they're, of course, rebuilding, but I think if there is a corner of hope that the Jets have in their franchise is Zach Wilson and Robert Sala. That'll be the, you know, head coach QB duo to look forward to if you're a Jets fan for years to come. And hopefully, hopefully this is the right choice. This is the right head coach. Um, and we can, we can move on from, you know, the Jets being a poverty team. But that remains to be seen because there's still a lot of rebuilding to do in New York. But I, I think if we're basing it just off of, you know, showing the most potential, Robert Sala, um, I think definitely we'll have the Jets being contenders in another two, three seasons. We'll have to wait and see on that. Um, another coach I want to give a shout out to, which isn't my answer, but the coach that I, I love his energy, Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell. I don't know where you came from. I know you were on the Seeds coaching staff for you know a couple of years, but you are you are a national treasure. Very good ratings for the NFL. If you ever watch Dan Campbell interview, just do yourself a favor and do that. Very entertaining guy. Looks lives a very interesting life. But uh, moving on, let's go to the rookie players now. Which rookie player will perform the best this upcoming season? See, care. I guess I, I guess I'll say uh, Trevor Lawrence. Um, it'll be either it'll, it's going to be either between Trevor Lawrence or Mac Jones. Um, first of all, they're the quarterback, so they're going to touch the ball more than anybody. Obviously, um, players are going to go through them, you know, basic BS like that. But um, I just think that the fact that they're stepping in from day one, um, they're going to make their mistakes early. They're going to they're 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 going to they're going to do everything early. They're going to they're going to get everything out early. Uh, mistakes. Um, just thing like that. They'll learn the game as they as they go on through the season. So I think um, my answer is going to be either Trevor Lawrence or Matt Jones. Uh, I want to say Justin Fields, but Justin Fields won't start. Um, Trey Lance is not going to start. And I think it's going to be a quarterback that's going to win uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year. So um, it's going to be Matt Jones or Trevor Lawrence, definitely. All right, solid choice. Gianni? Um, I'm going to agree with TK, Trevor Lawrence. I think him starting um, because he's a quarterback and starting right away. I think he's going to to um, he's going to get all the mistakes out early, and he's going to have a pretty good season overall, like time to time. He's going to have some up and downs, but I think he's going to perform the the best in my opinion because he's the quarterback, and I think and he's going to get more touches like how TK said, and I think is is him in my opinion. Okay, Trey. Now let me verify. You said which rookie, which rookie is going to be the best during week one, or just like the whole year? I'll say which rookie will impress you the most for this upcoming season. Okay. Uh, for upcoming season, 
I'm going defensive side here because I thought he was the best defensive player in the draft. So I'm putting my money on Patrick Sertan the second to be the best rookie this year. He has what? He has a loaded he's on a loaded defense pretty much. He had a real good preseason. He was really shut down. I think he was giving him like zero percent uh completing completion ratings or whatever on whoever he was guarding. And like it may seem crazy, but like the Broncos, they already trust him to say, Hey, when we go out here, you're gonna guard Darren Waller, yada yada yada. So not saying he's gonna do good in that game, but you gotta be pretty good if they wanna throw you on Darren Waller your first year in the NFL as a rookie. So look out for Patrick Sertan in a second, man. He's gonna do good. You know, uh, picking a quarterback for the future could possibly save TK from the list. Yes, see every week. But uh, Patrick Sertan is a very good player, a very good defensive player, and uh, CB1 for Denver for many years to come. Okay, uh, Gianni? Or, excuse me, not Gianni, Toldu. Who do you have? It's going to go to a quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, or maybe Mac Jones, because those are the only two starters like official starters so uh if i got to give the edge i'd probably give it to trevor lawrence because obviously he's the better quarterback he was picked number one so he's probably gonna have the better season and plus his team is worse so they're probably gonna give it to him but it's gonna go to a quarterback so either trevor lawrence or maybe mag jones <sighs> unfortunately uh sean go ahead Um, I'm going to go with someone who I thought was one of the best players in the entire draft, pre-draft, Kyle Pitts, tight end. He's not going to win a lot of games this year, I don't think. He's not going to be in a rookie of the year discussion because of the position he plays. They're never going to give a tight end rookie of the year. But just in terms of showing out, dominating on the field, and being the best and most talented rookie, I could definitely see Kyle Pitts being that. He's going to shine. The Falcons offense is going to run through him and Calvin Ridley. No Julio Jones anymore. He's basically taking Julio's spot and role. He's going to be playing at it tight end, in line, in the slot. He's going to be playing all over the field. I think he's going to be a very, very good player this year. And I'm going to go with him as my answer. I'm with you there, Sean. For certain. For certain. Kyle Pitts. You know, I didn't get him at first, but uh, he is definitely a tight end. Really a wide receiver in the tight ends, Bobby. Uh He's going to make some noise for many years to come for Atlanta. So let's uh, move on. Let's flash forward towards the end of this upcoming season. At the end of this upcoming season, we will have the number one pick in the 2022 NFL draft. I think this answer is obvious, but I just want to make sure we're all on the same page here. So I will start off with you, Gianni. This is pretty tough because... It can go to to a lot of the teams. Um, but to me, I'm going to go with Cincinnati as the number one pick. I know they have um, the weapons and stuff like that, and they have the quarterback. But to me, Joe Burrow behind that offensive line is going to, to it's going to be a disaster. They're going to, to lose Burrow. I, I'm not wishing injury or anything, but Burrow is not going to be able to play that entire season. And that schedule is brutal. Their defense, I, I don't trust their defense. Their defense is going to get torched and stuff like that. I was between Cincinnati and Detroit. 
um, as number one pick. But to me, Cincinnati, Cincinnati is in a bad shape, in my opinion, because they got the weapons. They'll have an offensive line. They'll have a defense. And if Joe Burrow gets hurt, who's their backup quarterback? They have to probably sign Cam or something like that. But if, if, if Burrow gets hurt early, they're done. They're, they're going to probably just win two or three games. There is one team that you're forgetting. I'm kind of disappointing you right now, Gianni. What team? Like, I was thinking of the... Oh, I, I know what team you're... I, I, I can't. Yeah. I, I was not like thinking about it too much. Yeah. I just want to make sure that you don't forget about that set team. Trey, who do you have with the number one overall pick in the 2022 NFL draft after this season ends? Honestly, it's between two teams Detroit and the Texans. Now, the Texans, they are in pickle. Their defense. It's atrocious. Their quarterback situation. Tyrod Taylor is not the best quarterback, but he can also win you some games. He's not completely terrible. And they do play the Jaguars twice, who are not that good on defense either. They play uh, maybe, a, what's called, they could probably steal a game from the Titans. They have what's called, their defense is terrible too. The Goats have health issues. They could also steal a game from them, probably. Depending on how they play, and they just signed Money Man Amendola. Amendola is a real good wide receiver. I'm not saying he's going to change their outcome, their aspect on their season, or nothing. But Amendola, Brandon Cooks, hey man, they don't do some, they can do some things in which called Houston, but still, it's between them and the Lions. Like, is I have to give the Texans the edge, but it's between them and the Lions. The Lions also have a very tough schedule. Their schedule is tough. Uh, Tolder? I'm going to keep this short. It's the Texans. Next question. What are your best answers to date? Sean? Right. Okay. Houston, we have a problem. The Texans are going to be very, very, very bad this year. I said this on an earlier podcast. I'm not sure if the Texans win a game this year. I think 0-17 is very much a possibility. There's not a single position room on the Texans that I can look at and say, okay, I'm confident in that position and doing its job. Maybe, maybe the wide receivers. And even then, Brandon Cooks is solid. After that, there's not much. Danny Amendola, I don't have a lot of faith in him. In the year 2021, I don't think he's making much of an impact. I think the Texans are going to be really bad. And to make it even worse, they're going to be really bad in a year I'm not sure is a very good QB class. There's a couple of names that can still rise up. Matt Corral, Carson Strong, Spencer Rattler struggled week one, as did Sam Howell. So far, it's not looking like the best QB class. Maybe somebody has a Zach Wilson or Joe Burrow type rise. But as of right now, I don't think there's a clear QB one where if you get the number one pick, you're set at QB. So not only are the Texans going to be bad this year, they may not be able to find their future as the franchise in this year's draft. This is also very true because this upcoming QB class is very bad. Like PC, it's very below average. I shouldn't say bad, but very below average. A lot of question marks. Yeah. Yeah. Question, G. 
Yeah, I just want to add something about the Texans because I, I know that I didn't pick them as the number one pick, but you want to know something about the Texans to make it even worse? That they're going to miss out on the first pick. They're going to find a way to, to win maybe two games late that kind of take them out of the first pick and kind of ruin their draft. I know it's not a strong quarterback class, but I feel like it's going to be something like, like the Jets, like last season, that kind of screw them up a little bit, like for the number one pick. Maybe that could happen to the Texans. That is also very true. That is a valid point. I, I just, I really don't believe in the Houston Texans as a football team this year. Like, they don't feel like a real football team. Like, I'm sorry, when you have Davis Mills as your QB, too, like, I just, I don't know. That that just doesn't sit right with me. You said Bishop Sycamore Texans? Uh, yeah, yeah. That sounds, that sounds more, uh, that sounds more right. Uh, TK, you know, I, I want to get your, your opinion. Um, who do you think will own the number one pick in 2020? Yeah, for me, it's, for me, it's either going to be the Texans or the Lions. Um, I mean, yeah, it's pretty easy. I'm the two worst teams in NFL right now. So, yeah. Okay, so it's leading to the point. So let's finish up with our series of questions. And uh, I think I jumped the gun with the last one. Which playoff team from last year is most susceptible to missing the playoffs this year? TK, I'm going right back to you. Um, I guess I'll say the Washington football team. Um, like I, I think I talked about it in a couple podcasts ago. Watch out for the Eagles this year. Um, I think the Giants are a way better team, especially defensively. I think the defensive uh, will help Daniel Jones a lot this year. And then you got the Cowboys, of course. So, yeah, I, I think that's pretty easy. I'm going to go with the uh, Washington football team. Okay. Uh, for me, I said the New Orleans Saints. Uh they took a whole bunch of losses on offense, and week one hasn't even started. Michael Thomas isn't there. Traquan, I mean, he's there, but he's hurt. Traquan Smith is hurt. They lost Emmanuel Sanders to the Bills. Uh, they just lost their backup running back, who was actually having the best year he's ever had in the league. Uh, they have no tight end. They lost him as well, literally. I mean, unless you want to count Taysom Hill. But literally, their only source of offense is Alvin Kamara right now. Their defense isn't that good. It's it's not looking too good for the Saints. But another team I can see probably would be the Titans. Mm. Great offense, sorry defense, and that's not going to cut it when all them teams in AFC got better on both sides of the ball, literally. Okay. All right. G? Um, I was looking at this by division, like how tough the divisions are in, in football. And I'm going to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers because their division is tough. They're, they're looking at third place in that division because the Browns are good. They got better. And the Ravens are there too. So I think Pittsburgh is going to finish third and that could get them out of the playoffs. Like if you compare the divisions, like the other, like Washington and stuff like that, um, I have to go with Pittsburgh. Mm. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh could very well end up being another overrated team this year. Even then, like I just want to give a quick shout. Mike Tomlin, Mike Tomlin is still a top 
10, arguably top five head coach in this league. I, I, I really think he needs more appreciation. He has never had a losing record as the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's insane. He's been the head coach now for at least 12 years, too. That's insane. Um, but I just wanted to give off my little black head coach appreciation there. Uh, Sean, who do you have? I don't think anyone has said this team, and I know I picked the Pittsburgh Steelers for our most overrated team, but I'm actually not going to go with them. I'm going to go with the Chicago Bears, who made it last season at only 8-8, eight and eight, and they might have gotten worse than last year. They lost Kyle Fuller. That's a big loss. The defense might not be as good as it was last year. They're going from Mitch Trubisky to Andy Dalton for at least a good amount of the season, which might be an upgrade, at least the passer. As a runner, it's definitely a downgrade. Mitchell Trubisky's mobility definitely did help the Bears at times. No, I'm not super high on Andy Dalton. I don't think he's going to win them a lot of games. I don't know if Wenfield comes in, if he plays at all this year. He could go the Patrick Mahomes route and sit the entire first year. Um, so, yeah, I think the Bears, probably not a playoff team this year. They've got the Vikings in their division. The Packers, obviously, they're a heavy favorite to win the division. And with the wild card teams in the NFC getting tougher, I do think the Bears fall out and get my Giants a pretty high pick. Okay, and Tolu. <laughs> Sorry, laughing. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly with G. I agree wholeheartedly with Gianni, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Pittsburgh Millers, the Pittsburgh TikTokers. You know, they ain't making the playoffs this year. <laughs> Juju, you're overrated. Stick to the TikToks, man. Chase Claypool isn't healthy. <laughs> Najee Harris, you know, he's he's good, but he needs an O-line. And who's going to block for him? There's nobody going to block for him. <laughs> ben Roethlisberger, you're old. You're washed. You need to retire, kid. Your time is up, my guy. You know, Dwayne Haskins, he's twice. a bum. He's a bum. He's a bum. Wow. He beat the corpse of RG3. I'll give him a cookie later. Anyways. He um, beat Lamar as well. But no, hey. he didn't. No, that, the defense beat Lamar, not him. Huh? But anyway. Huh? Um, huh? Uh, <laughs> the Steelers, <laughs> they're trash. They're going to miss the playoffs. Hey, but shout out to Mike Tomlin. I love Mike Tomlin. That's a, I always have to bring him up because he, he's, a, he's a top five coach in this league. But the Steelers... Your time is done. This is this is the Ravens and Browns division now. Your time's over. Dwayne Haskins, you know, you really think he's gonna save you? I mean, what what is, what is he gonna do? He ain't gonna save you. Ben Roethlisberger, he's washed. He's retired. You still don't have an O line. Your defense regressed. I mean, T.J. Watt uh, isn't happy. Yeah, apparently, T.J. Watt isn't happy. You're gonna lose him too. <laughs> you guys are stressed. You're trash. For all the listeners out there, real quick, I just wanted to say. This man told us the same person who wanted Juju to sign with the Ravens before Sammy Watkins went there. Let that I did not in. want Juju to yes, sign with the Ravens. Yes, you did. We all I did not. No. No, we I did not. I did not. 
Nope, he was even nope. mad that he stayed nope. there in Pittsburgh. You I called him mad. too loyal. I, just, I called him stupid for turning down more money from Lamar and Patrick Mahomes. But uh, so yeah, you were I mad. So so you were mad. I wasn't okay, mad. Then. I called him Prove stupid. Prove my point. PC, <laughs> I him let's stupid. move. Anyways, go on. Steelers, you guys are done. Anyways, oh. let's move on. All, all, all of your answers, valid answers, um, and all in anticipation for this lovely NFL season coming up. It's going to be back full capacity with fans. So it should be a lovely, lovely time. It'll start to feel a lot like the NFL again this upcoming season. But uh, sidetracking from the NFL, we're going to take a quick little stop into Wrestlingville because it's time. Ladies and gentlemen, throw off the top rope with your boys, PC and Trey. So, Trey, there's a lot that happened this week. Uh, not named WWE, but we'll get to them. Um, how are you feeling today? I, I should ask that first of all, of course. I'm feeling great, PC. How are you feeling? Uh, you know, there's a lot on my plate this week. First classes this week, of course. Mothering duties, co-hosting duties. You know, the whole nine yards. But we're, we're cool. We're cool over here. We're cool over here. Don't we're, forget about those child support duties. Um, I, I, <laughs> child I want is, you know what? Never mind. So let's just go jump into the first topic. So, Bobby Lashley, we ought to talk about the almighty WWE champion uh, alongside MVP. It looks like Lashley wants to return to his former version of himself that he was in Impact, where he had all of the gold. And him and MVP, they won the tag team turmoil match last night on Raw and for an opportunity to challenge RK Bro for the tag team championships next week on Raw. And with that as well, Randy Orton, one half of the Raw tag team champions, ended up is going to, and this has been confirmed, challenging Bobby Lashley for the WWE Championship at Extreme Rules. Um, what are your thoughts on that? PC, put it to you like this. One way or another, whether next week at Raw or Extreme Rules, somebody is either walking away double champion or just a singles champion. Put it like that. I'm excited. Bobby Lashley, which I believe it was 14 years ago, Randy Orton had told Bobby Lashley that he'd be a double champ in WWE someday. This is his chance. Not mistaken. And I'm ready for it. Especially Extreme Rules. I'm just ready for it. The almighty era is here. Bobby Lashley is back. He's better looking than ever. He's ready to dominate. Um, I, I want to say, like, in the midst of a lot of talent leaving WWE in the last year and a half, um... The way they've handled Bobby Lashley and his return to, I guess, dominance becoming the wrestler he was supposed to be when he was, you know, during his first thing in WWE, it's, he's honestly been booked to perfection. Like, you know, outside purposes stuff, of course, like Bobby Lashley individually has been booked phenomenally, you know, and, you know, I'm usually picky on, you know, having like, the tag team champions, you know, challenge for the WWE championship. We don't typically see that. Um, but when we do see that, it's usually something good. Uh, I remember vividly uh, the DX and John Cena feud, where Triple H mm-hmm. 
John Cena, the triple threat, the WWE Championship. Um, I mean, they were uh, they were the Unified Tag Team Champions at the time. So, I mean, you know, usually I am, you know, not okay with, you know, having wrestlers pull double duty, especially in WWE with the talent that they have. But I think we can make an exception. You know, it's uh, Randy Orton versus Bobby Lashley. I don't think we've seen that before. Um, you know, and hopefully that sets up uh, new potential challengers from, you know, other tag teams who challenge Bobby Lashley in the future. <laughs> Dodge But, um, you know, we're... Um, PC, though. Anyway. Uh, I just want to say, remember when Bobby Lashley first came back to WWE, like 2018? I had heard that... Uh, him and Braun Strowman were actually supposed to be like a tag team or whatever. But instead, at WrestleMania 34, they replaced Bobby Lashley with that little 10-year-old kid with Braun Strowman, and they ended up winning the belt. That cool. Actually, wow. I did not yeah. know that. That, 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 would have been, that would have been a unique tag team. The same they way. had tag team matches before even WrestleMania. They were tag team like four times even before WrestleMania, and they won every single match, I believe. They would have been a dominant team. Anyone help change their mind? Uh, <laughs> I mean, you can blame you can blame a lot of that. Man. A lot of things on you know how WWE functions sometimes. But uh, moving on, uh, let's go over to SmackDown now uh, with Brock Lesnar, the Tribal Chief, uh, the, the Tribal Chief, and Universal Champion Roman Reigns, and his wise man, his special counsel Paul. Heyman. There's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of history between those three men. Um, and with Brock back officially as badass ponytail babyface Brock, officially back, set to make his return to WWE SmackDown this Friday at Madison Square Garden. Uh, last week, on last week's SmackDown, we saw um, Paul Heyman. It looked like he was getting a call from somebody, but um, his theme, his ringtone, just so happened to be Brock Lesnar's theme. <laughs> I'm not saying anything, you know, but I think we both know where this is kind of going, uh, especially with how Roman is, you know, Roman being a great storyteller. Uh, I think he's gotten a lot better with that. Uh, he, you know, is obviously playing this off, you know. Telling Paul that he's he's family, you know that that you know there's there's no need to worry. Well, if you're Paul Heyman, I think you should be you know crapping your pants right now. But uh, yeah. can be trusted. He can't. I I don't trust Paul Heyman. He's a rat. He will do anything he can to save his own behind. And if he has to turn on Roman Reigns, which he probably will. That's how I see this happening. Like, if the bloodline ends their championship reign head of the table, I see Paul Heyman as the X Factor. He's still too loyal to Brock, keeping in contact. And, hey, if anything, Roman Reigns, he might actually have the Usos keep a close eye on Paul if he feels like he doesn't trust him. And it feels like he's getting to that point. I think this all going so we're going to see a swerve. We're going to see Paul actually turn on Brock Lesnar when the match between both come. 
if data is what is bound to happen because you have to put that relationship to rest because you know i think if brock lesnar wins the universal championship again i don't think that will be a bad thing i think it will be a thing about wwe in not pushing new talent not making new stars you should have somebody different beat roman reigns for the universal championship ending that historical reign you know especially with everything that's been happening now with you know the rival company that we'll get to in a second um yeah the time is now to to make new stars you know for not only roman reigns to challenge for because i'll be honest there hasn't really been a top baby face that you could say that can challenge roman reigns for the universal championship at least now on smackdown it was kevin owens for a while you know they had those series of matches I was like, okay, yeah, you know, but outside of that, maybe Finn Balor, you know. Yeah, I was about to say Finn Balor now. He's possibly bringing the demon back. That was tease, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe Cesaro, you know. There's, of course, Big E keeps teasing his money in the bank. Great case. Rollins claims he wants a shot now. Rollins still. Even Edge wants a shot again. You, WWE has plenty of options. Plenty of options. Brock Glad Lesnar you mentioned be the answer to being Roman Reigns. He shouldn't. I'm glad you mentioned Big E because let's just say Brock Lesnar does beat uh, Roman Reigns. Who's to say Big E don't come running down that running down that stage, cashing in? I think that whoever wins between them two. Biggie will cash in. Bound to happen. I can see that. I can see that. I don't know how to feel about that, but I can see that. I'm hoping it goes a ladder there. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. That's what I've talked about WWE. We have to talk about what everyone wants to talk about. Um, And rightfully so, because this past Sunday, we may have very well seen one of the best pay-per-view events of all time. And... AEW All Out 2021, a card that, I'll be honest, I think there are a lot of predictable matches on this card. You know, a lot of predictable winners. And, you know, that's okay. Because with how they planned out all the matches and everything that happened before them, in between and afterwards, it was icing on the cake. Chef's kiss. Let's, I mean, there's so much news. Like, for goodness, when you have CM Punk, a dude that, you know, was wrestling in his first match back in seven years, not even be the main thing that everyone was talking about after this event, that's pretty significant. But, you know, just, I, I mean, I don't even know where to start with this event. You know, I was telling a couple of my friends of mine, like, I, I feel like I'm, I, I'm not as excited as I should be for, like, All Out, you know, because of, Everything that happened. Um, I guess I'll start out with uh, the first debut, the first major surprise of the night, and that was Minoru Suzuki, the crazy old New Japan legend, psycho, the all around OG mess to society, the dude that literally beat the holy hell of Asuka, debuted. At All Out on Sunday night, 
Hey, a Gotch-style pile driver onto John Moxley. That's Dean Ambrose for everyone who doesn't watch AEW. If you're not watching AEW, why? But regardless, those two are set up for a match on Dynamite this Wednesday, which should be very, very much fun because there is a lot, a whole lot of history there. And we've seen, I think they teased this match before. I, I, I can't confirm or not if they've actually done it before or not, but they've teased this match before. So, I mean, this should be a, a psychopath taking on a psychopath in this match. It's going to be a very hard-hitting match. I am all for it. But that was the only one surprise for the night. That was the first surprise. The second surprise we saw in the Women's Casino Battle Royal, the Joker being Ruby Soho. Yep. Formerly known as Ruby Rides in WWE. And... I'll be honest, I, I, I really like Ruby Riot. You know, um, I think she could have gotten a lot more a lot more appreciation uh, in WWE. Um, you know, at least a tight team championship run with Liv Morgan in the Riot squad. But I how mm-hmm. I, I, as Ruby Soho in AEW, she'd be out there in the Rosa in the final two to uh, get a future AEW Women's Championship opportunity. Um, establishing that new star. If there's anyone serves it, it, it's Ruby. Uh, I wish I. I was gonna say she looked she looked different when she came up, but she looked good. Like, how long has it been since she's wrestled? Like uh, 90, maybe a couple. Of, Nine ninety days. That's usually days. Yeah, she looked good. Like from her WWE days, she was like paler, but she looked like she's looking darker now. The short hair looks better on her. She looked good in the ring. And like you said, her getting that title opportunity, well-deserved, much-deserved. She looked happy. I think ultimately, like, I think why I've won for all wrestlers, of course, is for them to be happy. And I think Ruby is very happy with the role she has right now because, you know, obviously, you know, it's an upgrade. Um, But we will hopefully see Ruby Solo taking on Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, for the AEW Women's Championship in the near future. Definitely a match I'm looking forward to. Um, just to go over a few of the results from All Out, um, another match that I think a lot of people just forgot about because of how insane the night was. Chris Jericho versus MJF. If Chris Jericho lost, MJF, or excuse me, him, Chris Jericho would retire from pro wrestling. Um, and the match almost ends on a false fish, on a very controversial fish. But it was, in fact, restarted. And Chris Jericho made MJF tap out the walls of Jericho, thus making sure his AEW career resumes, but also handing MJF his first ever one-on-one singles loss since he mm-hmm. AEW, which is pretty significant, if you ask me. Because uh, I thought that uh, MJF would be undefeated for forever you know it's kind of surreal you know having his first match there um or his first loss now correct me if i'm wrong right usually when wrestling they'd be like they introduce like a match and they'd be like the stipulation is if so and so loses they have to retire like the career is over usually when that happens uh the person the person that like that has a stipulation, it, they end up usually winning the match 
and not retiring. I think the only person that like actually retired, I believe, was it Shawn Michaels in that WrestleMania versus Undertaker? <laughs> and then he came back for a match with Doc Gordon's convention. You know, exactly. that that match happened. He, he, he's safe retired. Exactly. Stone Cold safe retired too. You know, so I mean that that's that's okay. You know, but it's like just the rarity that the there's person... it's instances where, you know, wrestlers have come out of retirement. Yeah, you know, Rick Flair infamously did it at like sixty something years old when he went to go and wrestle for TNA. You know, Hulk Hogan too. Uh, Goldberg, Goldberg, Edge, Edge, Undertaker. You need to keep going on. With you it. can name it. Yeah, um, but I think that's you know, I thought that was you know the final time that we would see Jericho. But considering how the nights would finish, I mean. That would be a compelling storyline, but I don't think that would be the storyline that you know Tony Khan would want people talking about uh, after after this pay per view. Um, mm-hmm. But we'll get to that main event. Trust me, we'll get to that main event. Uh, we have oh, yeah. uh, first that steel cage AEW tag team matchup. Whoo! That was great. That was a five star, five star class. That was great. And you have the Lucha Bros. And Young Bucks in the ring at the same time. You know it's just going to be something magical. And oh boy. It was something magical times a thousand. Especially with the finish. I, I mean, like, Lucha Bros, I think we all went. Everyone was just on the Lucha Bros side to win this. For Penta and Phoenix to finally go over that hump. And mm-hmm. the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson, to finally claim... AEW Tag Team Championship gold. It's kind of surreal to think about, too. Um, and, you know, the celebration afterwards that Penta had with his family, it was just awesome to see. Awesome to see. Uh, what did you think about the match? I mean, it was great. It had everything you would want. High-flying, mm-hmm. freaking... Uh, what he had, the, his shoe had tacks on him. Yeah. Blood. It was like, oh, it was, it's like University Blues. He had tags to stack, like... Attached right. a bottom. The crossbody off the top of the cage. That mm. was the highlight of the match to me. That was crazy. We did it for him too. Penta set the yep. uh set to, I think it was Matt Jackson up for the pile driver, package pile driver after that. Mm-hmm. I mean, just just an all around amazing match. If you haven't watched the match, like go ahead and do that. If you want if I, there was one match I think people need to watch. Coming out of this pay-per-view, strictly for the wrestling match, of course, it's this match. 100%. 100%. Like you said, match of the night candidate, really. That is for certain. But that is not what people were talking about the most about this pay-per-view. I feel like we've gone through a whole movie. Um, feels like I'm talking about a takeover, honestly. But that's what it felt like. May event of all out. Um, when we first heard that it was Kenny Omega, AEW World Champion, taking on Christian, I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> must be happening afterwards. And oh, yeah, you would be right in that assumption. So, make a long story short, Omega beat Christian with a uh, top rope ball, uh, one wing angel. The match itself was, you know, it was solid. You know, it was, it was a great match. I, you know, expect that from Kenny Omega and Christian. It was a great match. Um, it was everything afterwards. Everybody loved. Everybody talked about. 
you know, Kei Omega said, nobody is on his level. There's nobody that can beat him. And that's, if anybody could beat him, they are either not here or already dead. And we see the lights go down. And then we hear, you know it's all about the boom! Yes, Adam Cole. Adam Cole oh my God. is in AEW. I I was I'm not gonna lie I was, I was like yo an XC fan I was pretty disappointed you know at first I was like oh oh damn Vince you really dropped the ball there you know I'm thinking when has it be though Adam Cole is gonna be the guy to beat Kenny Omega and then he goes and super kicks Jungle Boy thus joining the elite mm-hmm. and I asked Adam Cole not only are you ducking Pat McAfee but you're also teaming up with the guys that essentially killed you when you left for WWE. Now you're just buddy-buddy with them again. I don't know, Adam Cole. Something questionable. Something questionable. <laughs> Regardless. It's like, you're always welcome home type stuff. You feel? It was just surreal. It was just surreal. You know, and then they all post in the ring. The elite has... Been at its like it's at its final form, and Kenny Omega was like, "There is nobody that can stop us." And just when you think you've had enough, mm-hmm. they go heads and they play the theme song of Brian Danielson. Yes, Daniel Bryan is in AEW now, and he hurries uh, chance. All the yes chants in the world, all the kicks, all the all the everything, all the everything. Just just hearing that electric pop, like 90 seconds after hearing the electric pop Mam Cole, AEW all out, Tony Khan. Uh, like I gotta get credit where credit's due, man. AEW, they're here to stay. Tony Khan, he has a very, 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 very deep wallet. Okay. Mm-hmm. He, Bring in the roster that he feels he needs to put as much eyes as he possibly humanly can on his product. And he's doing a very damn good job with that, in my opinion. You know, um, I, I think, like, I one criticism I always have AEW is that, you know, they need to continue to cater to that casual wrestling fan. And I think with AEW, it's bringing back a lot of the wrestling fans that, you know, I guess lost that passion, you know, a couple of years ago watching WWE. And maybe I'm wrong in thinking, like, you know, maybe there's not a lot of wrestling fans in the world because there are definitely a lot of eyes on AEW right now. Um, and All Out proved exactly that. It proved exactly that. And there's so many more signs to come for AEW. You know, yeah. I, I truly can't wait. If you haven't tuned in already, let's tune in. It's only going to get better from this point on. Especially with WWE, you know, and basically the direction that they're going, they're basically about to be in a rebuild. Is why I keep telling people, because they're trying to create their own stars. I'm perfectly okay with that, because I think it's a move that will eventually work out for them in the near future. In, you know, the next, like, five years. You know, with the signings of uh, Gable Stevenson and his brother 
they also signed Yusuf's younger brother. We talked about it last week. Uh, they signed a lot of like new talent. You know, a lot of talent that I think a lot of people will like in the near future. And that's all. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I'm coming to terms with that. Um, next week, we're going to talk a little bit more in depth about the new look of NXT because that new live show, that uh, weird paint splatter logo, yeah, we all see that come to fruition uh, next week with the show. Um, and yeah, is there anything you want to add, Trey? Real quick, I did just want to say, three years ago, The Rock had announced that his daughter was learning to be a pro wrestler, but getting ready to go into business. Has she ever gone in yet, or that still not has happened yet? I'm not sure. She's still training. Still training? I'm excited to see her. Yeah, I mean, like I said, there there are going to be a lot of things that I think a lot of people are going to like in WWE. Stars that they have created in the near future. For certain. I mean, that that's three, five years from now. I'm thinking way too long term. Let's enjoy yep. what we have right here in the moment. And that is AEW. I'll say it. On top of the wrestling world right now. All we have to do is sit back and enjoy. That's wrestling. And you can totally enjoy both products. Because wrestling yeah. is back. And you just love to see it. But that's off the top rope with your boys, PC and Trey. We'll get back to the moderator, PC, in a second, right here. So, if I can bring everybody back, hopefully we didn't bore you with our segment. Uh, let's jump into the mini game of the week. I had to switch up for y'all this week. This is a special week. Not only do you get moderator, PC, you also get a versus battle, the NFL edition. So, if you need a refresher on the rules for all the listeners and for the crew, I will put one minute on the clock for you to make the argument about the question that I give you. You will be taking on the person that I chose for you to take on. And whoever gives most valid reasoning for their question will advance and win the argument. So. We're going to start off with TK taking on Trey. I'm excited to hear this argument and set up my timer right here for y'all. TK, you're going to do it first. Your question is who will have more playoff success if they make the playoffs, the Broncos or the Patriots? Your one minute starts right now. The Broncos. Um, This is pretty easy. Uh, First of all, rookie quarterback doesn't go well in the playoffs. He, he he ain't no Patrick Mahomes. He ain't no Lamar Jackson. He's just not that guy. I believe he's going to be good, but he's not that guy. Anyways, um, um, when you look at the defense, it's the Broncos. You're talking about a top three defense. I don't want to hear top five talk about a top three defense. That's going to carry this team into the playoffs. And it's kind of starting to look like um that that no-fly zone team that we had uh, back then when we had Peyton Manning. That's another thing. Also, we have the better linebackers. We have the better defensive line. Um, I think the only advantage that the Patriots have over us is the coach. Um, that's, 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 that's really it. Your running backs don't excite me. Your running back room stinks. I know that you're high on them. You have no number one ride receiver. That's none of your receivers are better than Judy or Sutton. Let's just get that out of the way. None of your tight ends are better than Noah Font. Once he gets healthy, you will find out. Um, I mean, 
this was just too easy, bro. It's the Broncos. Teddy Bridgewater, Mac Jones. Teddy Bridgewater, Mac Jones. Teddy Bridgewater, Mac Jones. You are a troll. Valid points right there. So, Trey, you get the clap back. Your one minute starts right now. TK, when it comes to playoffs, we all know that the Broncos, man, <sighs> y'all will fold. Y'all are top three on defense, probably. Y'all very top and having players go to jail. That's another thing. Uh, what else? Patriots definitely have two better tight ends. Both our tight ends are better than Noah Font. Noah Font hasn't even played a full year yet. He's an entry-prone bum. He's just uh, Evan Ingram with better hands, put it that way. Uh, our Ooh. defense is good. Secondary is good. The only weak point is really Jalen Mills on our whole defense. Defense is loaded. Our front seven is good. We have run defense now, which is the problem, which was the problem last year. Now we have our quarterback, Mac Jones, baby. The Mac train is rolling. The air is here. Uh, our running back room is great. I don't know what you're talking about. Definitely better than the Broncos because Melvin Ingram, it's not going to get it done. And all those other guys you got, never heard of them. They're not a factor. So, uh, and yeah, with our style of offense, we don't need a number one receiver. Jacoby Myers is still good. Born is all right. Don't sleep on us. That's all I got to say. Trey had the lines. He had the responses. But ultimately, I got to give it to TK, who had the valid reasoning. That's why he thinks the Broncos will have more playoff success. I will say, playoff QBs. I, I, went into this, I went into this thinking I would side with Trey, but TK actually convinced me. Yeah. So. Yeah. I thought I was going to go into the side and the trade and the Patriots, but TK made some good points. Okay. Sean, it's all good. You all will see the light once the season starts. So I just sit back and I relax. So this next one is actually going to be between me and Sean. We got to talk about our two NFC East teams. So I'll let you go first. What team has a better chance of making it? of the NFC West, the Giants, or excuse me, the NFC East, the Giants or the Eagles. Your one minute starts right now. I am very excited for this, and I know I don't have a lot of time, so I'm just going to get straight to it. We have the more proven head coach, the more proven quarterback, and they'll both have massive question marks at quarterback, way better weapons. I'll give the Eagles offensive line and defense is a new in our discussion. We're talking about a top 10 defense versus a bottom 10 defense. Neither of these offenses I don't think are going to be very good. Jalen Hurts and Daniel Jones, both I'm not the highest on. I don't think either one of the answer at QB, but just the defense sets them apart. It's a top 10 defense versus the Eagles who have an absolute waste of a secondary. The D-line is solid. The linebackers stink. Uh, I would say the Eagles have better trenches, but outside of that, the Giants are better everywhere else. They have a rookie head coach, essentially a rookie quarterback. I think the Eagles are going to be competing for a top five pick. I'm not very high on them this year. I think this isn't even going to just bait. The Giants are easily the better team between these two. Okay. Well, I already know what I'm going to say about my team. My one minute starts now. Let's be blunt here, Sean. When was the last time the Eagles played the season with no expectations for the team? It's been a while, hasn't it? It's been a while because we've been stuck in trying to make a Super Bowl contending team for a while. You forget to mention that the Eagles have the easiest schedule this upcoming season. No expectations. A young, highly potentially very good offense. 
with a lot of young players, including Jalen Hurts, Miles Sanders, Zach Ertz, and Dallas Goddard, who are both two top 10 tight ends in this league, arguably. You have in our wide receiving core, Jalen Rager, um, Quez Watkins. You have Devontae Smith. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Hopefully, if the O-line stays healthy as well, if the D-line stays healthy, we have a top five D-line. Our secondary is, yeah, a little bit ass, but let's be honest, you know, we saw Darius Slay. We're still going to come up with that. When the Eagles play with zero expectations, we are honestly a very dangerous team. I think a team that has nothing to lose, and the Giants have everything to lose. The vision is wide open for you. So, because I'm a moderator, I'll leave the fans to decide who won that argument there. But regardless, let's move on. Third and final battle, Tolu taking on Gianni. So, um, I know there was an initial question that I asked for both of you. But um, given the circumstances and how your answers have panned out for this episode, I'm going to switch you up just a little bit. So, who do you think has the best chance of winning this Super Bowl this year? Is it Aaron Rodgers or Lamar Jackson? Gianni, I'm going to throw it to you first. You're one of the My answer is Aaron Rodgers. Um, they were close the last two years. Um, they were in the NFC Championship the last two years. Uh, I think Rodgers have the, everything, the pieces in place. Uh, that defense is sus um, in Green Bay. But I think them being close to um, the last two years, I think they have the best chance. The Ravens um, have to, to get to the championship game. They have yet to get to the championship game. Uh, Lamar in the playoffs, other than that Titans um, playoff game last season, hasn't performed well. You could say the same thing in NFC championship games for Aaron Rodgers, but I think Rodgers, with the more experience and everything like that, I think he has... The, be- the better um, potential to win it than Lamar. There's a lot of question marks with the injuries now with, with the running backs. So I think um, Aaron Rodgers, to me, have the better chance than Lamar. Um, I-, I feel like, it- 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 like on paper, you could say the Ravens because they have a much better roster overall. But to me, Green Bay is going to, to-, to have a better chance. And, and Aaron Rodgers doesn't turn the ball over too much in the playoffs. Lamar, kind of shaky in the playoffs. So, to me, Aaron Rodgers. PC, your monitor? Is it monitor? Goofy. I'll be, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I threw you off there, G. <laughs> that's, why, that's why you were so gone. I was like, damn, he's, he's going over to the limit right here. That makes more sense. I was muted. My Goofy. Okay, Tolu, the goofy of the show. Your one starts right now, and I won't be here this time. As much as this pains me to say, I'm going to have to agree with Gianni, but to a certain point, because Aaron Rodgers is obviously in the, you know, weaker, you know, conference, because all that man has to worry about is the Buccaneers and Tom Brady. And the AFC, obviously, Lamar has to get past the Titans, the Chiefs, 
the uh, who else? What else on the uh, Titans, the Chiefs, all of the Browns, you know, all the the Bills, the, all those other teams. So obviously, Aaron Rodgers has a better chance of making it to the Super Bowl because he's in a weaker conference. That man, all he has to worry about is Tom Brady. Who else is going to stop the Packers in the in, in the NFC? The Rams? You think I'm going to trust Matt Stafford? Really? The 49ers? They're young. Who else is going to stop Aaron Rodgers? Who does he have to worry about besides the Buccaneers? Nobody. So obviously Aaron Rodgers has a better chance of making it back to the, making it to the Super Bowl. That's common sense. The, the Seahawks. The Seahawks, I did, I'm not worried the about The Niners could have their number. I just said the Niners, but they're, the they're young. They're young. I'm not trusting Matt Stafford. I'm sorry. Nope. I don't either, but they got the team. I mean, we're talking strictly division here, Tolu. What are the Ravens? I mean, outside of the Browns, like it's really between you and the Browns. So if you're confident. Uh, I mean, in the playoffs, Lamar has to get past the Titans, the Chiefs, the, the Bills. Lamar has way harder competition. Stop playing with me. In the NFC, you will have this upcoming season, whoever comes out of the NFC East, you will have arguably the Buccaneers. But who can beat the Packers? Can any of those teams besides the Bucks beat the Packers? Can any of them yes. beat the Packers? Yes. Who? Who? Seahawks, Rams, 49ers. Rams cannot beat the Packers. I'm sorry. They, Russell Wilson, it, no. The Seahawks and the Rams are not. They could have beat them with Jared Goff. And then they have the better roster this year, even though Matt Stafford is not that good. He can I don't trust him. Probably I just don't the trust Packers. him. I don't trust Matt But you Stafford. trust Aaron Rodgers? 0-42 in the playoffs when trailing by more than one point. Yes, I He's trust Aaron Rodgers. He'll choke. That's okay. all he knows. Okay, whatever you say, bud. Well, we'll just have to wait and see for this upcoming season. Once again, season is simply a couple of days away. Thursday is when episode 38, this episode specifically, will drop for WHS right in time for the kickoff of the 2021-22 NFL season. And yes, I'm very excited. I'm going to keep reminding everybody about it. Because football is finally, finally back on our TV screens. If you're well, a Broncos fan, don't be too excited. A Broncos fan is speaking to me, by the way, when you say that. But anyways, let's move on into hot takes. My favorite part of the set of uh, WHS. So, if you have a hot take... You want to send it to us? Make sure y'all follow our Twitter and our IG, or you can even contact one of the boys, a part of the crew, or even Hermie yourself. Send in your hot takes. We want to hear what you guys think of your fellow favorite teams of your favorite sports. So, like Hermie would say, let's play the hot take editor PC. This is Daniel from California. I rep Boston across the board, and this is the WHS Fan Hot Takes of the Week. Mac Jones will break Dak Prescott's record for the most consecutive passes without an interception to start his career. Why do you always mm. set Trey up to talk about Mac Jones? I don't understand, PC Kellerman. I don't understand. I don't, don't blame PC because I didn't even know that was his hot I take until see. just now. I, I didn't even know that was the take. First of all, dude sounded like an IT tech support guy. Sound like he, he does Texas for his entire career. Daniel knows his football. I that is something. Like, okay, 
Like it's one thing, it's one thing to think that Mac if you think that Mac Jones will lead the Patriots AAC championship game. This is a little bit more realistic, I guess. You know. But considering the weapons that Mac Jones is throwing to you, you know, I don't know what Dak Prescott's record uh for most consecutive passes without an INT is, but it has to at least I think it's at least in the one hundreds, you know, at least a hundred. So, considering that Mac Jones won't throw the ball as much, I'm assuming, that is a very tough record to beat, especially in your rookie year. Hey, man. Mac Jones, be decision-maker with the football. Mm -mm Mm-mm-mm. Well, (laughs) I mean, I... I, Just say you hate Mac Jones, bro. Like, come on. I hate hate how you Patriot fans continue say you hate Mac Jones and to continue to hype up this man as if he is the second coming of Thanos. That is what I hate. He's shown us what he can do. Now he just has to go do it. Preseason. Preseason. I said now he has to go do it. Still a rookie. That's good for any rookie. Anyways. Let's jump into the crew hot takes. Um, TK, I'm going to hear your hot take of the week. Sean, are you listening? Yeah, I hope you're listening. Obviously. My hot take for the week is going to be this. My different Broncos are about to put a can of, or, or are about to open a can of whoop ass on the Giants. And it's not going to be no little one score win. Or a 10-point win or two-point win. We are going to beat the Giants by at least 17 points. That is going to be my hot take for the week. It is football has is here. It is back. Teddy Bridgewater has been named captain. He is gonna come out and he is going to show everyone why he deserves to be the long-term quarterback for the Denver Broncos. He will not be. And I don't know what the hell, and I hope he's not thinking he will be the long-term quarterback, but he is going to play. Like he will be the long-term quarterback. And Gianni, or not Gianni, but Sean, we are going to win this game 30 to 17. Book it. Well, you point. do realize that's not by that's not 17 point win that you just predicted, by the way. 33. 30, 30, okay, okay, okay. 37. 37 to 17. You happy? Stay 37 in to school, 17. kids, or you will end up like TK. I also want this TK is also the same dude that didn't even want Teddy Bridgewater starting. Course. Exactly. Hated Teddy Bridgewater's didn't ha- I wouldn't say hate. I just didn't want I just wanted Locke to start. And I still probably do. Can I have you to see not the first hear game. how that sounds. No. How does it sound? I wanted you Locke to start. Like we should read off the list, but hey, it's oh, up to PC. God, it's up to PC. If he wants to spray you this week, we can. Hmm. Spare TK Kelman the list. I, I just think that you like should read the list. Start of the NFL season or read the list. Spare TK, read the list before the season. He, he was doing so great, but when he thinks Drew Locke should start over Teddy, list. that's just a red flag. The pros and cons of this are very conflicting. I think it's time. Did I read the list? No. Yes, sir. You know what? The list, the list 
of QBs that the Broncos have started since Peyton Manning left? You can't escape this, TK. You see, stop the recording for me last week because because he didn't want to listen to the list. You're going to listen to the episode anyway, TK Cohen, so I have to say it. Hold on, hold on. Let me, let me call him back. Let me call him back. Okay, it's okay. I'll show you. I'll show you. TK. I'll show you. <laughs> I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. I was I wasn't about to talk about the Trevor Simeons. Oh my Ew. god. Or the, the, the Paxton Lynches. Mm. Or the Brock Osweilers. Mm. Or the Case Keenums. Mm. Or the Joe mm. Flacco's. Super Bowl MVP. He's a bomb total. Or the Jeff Driscolls. <laughs> or the Brett Rippians. Wow. Andrew Stephen Locks. He get, the one you wanted to start, right? Yes. Yes. Mm. No. Not that, TK. You don't have to worry about that. All possible going to the beginning of the season, right? <laughs> All right. So <laughs> let's jump into the next crew member hot take. Gianni, what's your hot take this week? You always give good ones. Um, I'm going to go with baseball. Because the American League wild card race is such a big mess. So, to me, the wild card game after today with all the injuries and stuff like that I've been hearing, the wild card game is going to be Seattle versus Toronto in the American League wild card. Blue Jays taking on the main. Blue Jays, they smacked the Yankees today. Tampa Bay smacked us today. It's looking bad for Red Sox and Yankees right now. And, yeah. and Cole got hurt too with a hamstring oh, injury. Yeah. Mariners, Mariners have been a very under the radar team. Yeah, All- very under the radar. Toronto, Toronto to me is the scariest team, like wild card team in in the playoffs because their OPS. I think it's like over like 1.000. Like in the regular season, they're better than the Astros offense, basically. And their pitching is, is getting hot at the right time, too. They're a pesky yeah. team. Yeah, they're sure. not a team you want to play in the playoffs because they can upset a lot of teams. Especially Vladdy, oh my God. Yeah. I'm he has a- like 41 home runs already. Right. He's a tank. No, I, I'm on the old Tony train, but man, there's a valid reason for Vladimir Guerrero to win MVP. Definitely. They'll probably give it to Otani just because the pitching and. That is also true. Pitching in and batting at an insane level. Something that Babe Ruth didn't even do. He's better than Babe Ruth. I just had to come out and say it. Mm-hmm. It had to be said. At least this season. I'll give him that. You're hearing that, Ben? <laughs> Had to be said. Right now. So, Sean, your hot take for this week. This isn't my hot take, but TK, TK saying Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater is going to drop over 30 points against a top 10 defense is absolutely hilarious. I just had to let you know how completely stupid he sounded when he said that. <laughs> Anyways... <laughs> on to my actual hot take of the week. 
There's been a lot of Matthew Stafford disrespect on this podcast, and I'm not really here for it. I think this season, Matthew Stafford is going to lead the Rams to a top three seed in the NFC. He's going to be a top five MVP candidate. He's going to establish himself as a top 10 QB, and he's going to win a playoff game with the LA Rams. That is my hot take. I think he's been getting way too disrespected. He is a top 10 QB. Don't let him be on the Detroit Lions where careers go to die fool you into thinking he is not a great QB. He's a bum. He could be top 10 or whatever. I don't think he's top 10, but for you to say top five in the MVP race this year, blasphemy. Not happening, pal. Hmm. Well, I I think that Matthew Suffer definitely has the potential to lead a already good Rams team far in the playoffs, but I don't know. It remains to be seen. It remains to be seen. This is his ultimate test that he can never get while he was in Detroit. So uh, I'm excited to see what Matthew Stafford does for this upcoming season. Uh, so now let's go to Trey for hot takes this week. Hey, Tolu, you here? Want you front and center closer to this hot take, bud? You need to hear this now. Oh, man, I'm scared. I just want to tell everybody. <laughs> nah. Keep no, their no. socks on. You can take them off and then knock them off anyway. My hot take <sighs> for this week is Mac Jones will beat Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs before Lamar Jackson does. You can book it. Regular season, playoffs, especially playoffs. Yeah. It's going to happen. Mac Jones will be before Lamar Jackson and the Ravens ever do. <laughs> Dread it. I'm not Run that. from it. I'm not touching that Destiny one. still arrives. What'd you say? I said I'm touching that one. This is Lamar disrespect, man. I can't wait for him to cook you guys this season. Owen, can't wait. Owen, we don't play y'all this season, by the way. Nah. If you want to give your hot take now, Tolu, go ahead. <sighs> this season, the Philadelphia Eagles will be last place in their division, and they will miss the playoffs. Not really a hot take. That's kind of expected. Mm-hmm. Unprepared. <laughs> Unprepared. is expected. Finishing last in the division, not expected. No, y'all definitely last. You got to finish last. The Cowboys, the Giants, and the Redskins yeah. are all better than you guys. Easy schedule in the NFL. On top of don't the care. Easiest division in the NFL. Don't care. You're yeah, still last in the, the NFL. One of the worst defenses in the NFL. Like you're you're the you're the fourth best team in that division, PC. Your team's the fourth best. Oh, Keep sleeping, great. guys. This Keep sleeping, Johnny. We're we're sleeping fine, buddy. You you, you guys are Very last. Sleep, man. Very sleep. Three and twelve. Calling your name. Maybe five and. Uh, I'm crying, PC. <laughs> How are the Cowboys better than you guys? <laughs> the Cowboys are better. Three and fourteen. Three and fourteen. Five and twelve. Sure. Jalen Hurts really thinks he's a he's QB one. Sad. 
And who is QB1 then to you? No. No, 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 no. no. You, you brought it up. Who do you think QB1 is then? Flacco. <laughs> oh. That is why you are part of the bandwagon trinity, buddy. Sorry you had to listen to that cold take, listeners. So Yeah, I'm sorry, too. I uh, that, was, that was just terrible. Terrible, terrible, terrible. <laughs> He's a Super Bowl MVP. Weep. He could even be QB by the end of the year, I guarantee it. He hasn't been good since that Super Bowl, bro. He still right. won it, so I don't care. He still won it. All right, well, yeah, anyways. Um, <laughs> as I finish up episode 38 here, I do want to thank everyone for coming out this week for this episode. Um, you know, very excited in the near future, of course. Uh, we're finally getting back into, like, the spring of things here. Um, and the best is yet to come for the We Ate Sports podcast. Uh, make sure you all follow our Twitter at WHS underscore podcasts and our IG at WHS underscore podcasts. Um, I'll finish off this this week uh, with something personal to me. Uh, so for everyone that's been keeping up with tennis, um, Naomi Osaka, uh, she was the number three seed in the US Open, and she got upset um, by unseated 18-year-old Leila Fernandez. Uh, I think she won in straight sets. Um, but nobody was talking about that afterwards. Uh, it's what Naomi said after her match that really, honestly, really broke my heart. Um, if you haven't seen the interview, it's... It's pretty hard to look at. It's pretty hard to watch. Um, but one quote that I will read to everyone here. Um, she said, when I win, I don't feel happy. I feel more like a relief. And then when I lose, I feel really sad. I don't think that's normal. End quote. <laughs> she then went on to say, that she'll be taking an indefinite break from tennis and she doesn't know when she'll be back. Naomi Osaka is a generational tennis player. And when she burst onto the scene, it was not too long ago where she beat Serena Williams in the US Open. She was essentially in the same position that Leila Fernandez is in this year. And she felt like she was on top of the world. And now to come here, I think it's a year, year, a year and a half later, and to feel this way about something that I think it's safe to say that she loved. To say that after all the mental issues that she's been dealing with for the last year. I just think it's it's so heartbreaking, you know. Like imagine being worked to the bone about something that you have loved and had a passion for, and 
to feel like every time that you win, you'll feel like happy about it. You feel a sense of relief. I think it's safe to say Naomi has lost her passion for the game of tennis because of the constant pressure that athletes have to be held accountable to. I think we just all need to have athletes voice more of their mental health issues. I'm so glad that Naomi came out and said this. I'm honestly glad that she's taking the time that she needs to get back to what she felt about the game of tennis not too long ago. If she never comes back, she finds a different passion, that's perfectly okay with me. You know, and it should be perfectly okay with everyone else. But if she comes back and she found that passion again, that should be perfectly okay with everyone as well. Because the standards that we hold our favorite player or a top athlete to, at the end of the day, they are still human beings. They are still people that deal with everyday problems the same as all of us here on this call, listening to this episode, that are in our group chats, that are, we are texting every single day. Yeah, we don't have the same salary as them. Yeah, we don't have the same lifestyle as them. We don't have a thousand people or a million people looking at their IGs and their Twitters. But they are still people. I think along the way, a lot of people, especially in media, have forgotten that these athletes are human beings. Naomi lost her passion because of the constant pressure people were putting on her to succeed. Almost like it was a, a job. You know the old saying, when you do something that you love, it shouldn't feel like a job. And I think along the way, professional tennis player Naomi Osaka, it turned into a job for her. All I can hope is that she finds happiness not only in herself, but for the people around her. When you are passionate about something, don't let anybody else dictate how you should feel about that said thing or how you should act towards that passion. Because your life matters at the end of the day. Your mental is the only thing that you can keep in touch with at the end of the day. So that's what I got this week. Um, like I said, it's been uh, it's been a long week. A lot's coming through for the next upcoming weeks. Um, and yeah, that's all I got for myself, PC, my co-host TK, Trey, Johnny, Sean, Toldu. This WHS signing off. Take care, y'all. Peace. Man, can I serve God in the military? Oh. APT.
just feels like old times. Yep. ATC, it must have been a long week if you said that Zach Ertz is a top 10 tight end in 2021, bruh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he would oh, still be a starter. Top 10? Borderline. Borderline. <laughs> Maybe like top 15. I'll give him top 15. Uh, Mark Andrews is better. Borderline. It's facts. Borderline top 10. I said what I Thank said. Thank you, Captain Obvious. 